Residential Lighting Specialist to Arc Residential Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. In this episode, I'm joined by Jim Garrett, Senior Director of Product Strategy and Planning for Luxury Audio at Harman, the company that's probably best known for the JBL brand, but that's not it by any means. Jim's a longtime industry friend and someone who knows a lot about big fancy speakers, amplifiers, and acoustics. And he uh, is really involved right now in a bunch of new products that would have come out at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, but had a big virtual event. And I want to talk to him about that and kind of get to know him a little bit better for the audience. Jim, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Always good to talk to you. Happy New Year. And uh, I wanted to just check in. You know, it's been a weird year for everybody the past year. <laughs> we're on. We're in a new one. Still kind of weird. Pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. How are things going? Yeah, for hold you? my beer, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much how this year was kind of kicked off, right? Oh my God. So um, yeah. So so uh, so you've been busy. I'm sure getting ready for the big product introduction, but. Uh, how how's uh how are th things going there? Are you are you reporting to headquarters at all? Are you all virtual uh, all the time? Yeah, we are. We're virtual, uh, as you can see from my lovely uh, home environment here. So I've been working from home since uh, middle of March, basically. Okay. And uh, there's no signs of that changing anytime soon. Of course, I'm based here in in Northridge, so we're mm -hmm. in the Los Angeles area, um, and you know we're basically on lockdown again, but we've been working remotely and, you know, we made the adjustment fairly early in the year. Uh, and in a lot of ways, uh, I think it helped in, improve our productivity. Uh, we're still able to go into the engineering facilities there because, uh, you know, there, you don't have an anechoic chamber at home <laughs> to do things like that. <laughs> sure. So uh, sure. we've, we've had a skeleton crew that goes in there. We rotate the staff around and, you know, observe all the, the safe protocols of masks and distancing and, only a limited number of people there in the building. But uh, so I've been in for like four or five times since March. Okay. <laughs> so it's not a lot. And, uh, you know, yeah. So we spend a lot of time, obviously, you know, on uh, WebEx or Zoom or mm -hmm. Teams and it's, you know, sitting in front of the camera a lot. But I think in a lot of ways, it's uh, improved communication and uh, really kind of given us a little bit more focus. And, and we had a, a great year last year. It was a, a very successful year for us, which, you know, when you, I think you looked back to March and everybody was like, oh my gosh, the world's going to end right. uh, kind of thing. And you didn't know what the future is going to be. And then as we just wrapped up December, looking back on the accomplishments we did, it was a really, really good year for us. Um, I think we're going to carry that strong momentum uh, here. It's it's a little weird, of course, that we can't be having this conversation in person right. in Vegas, uh, you know. Um, and it's strange after, you know, a couple decades in the industry to not be there at that show, which is kind of an annual, you know, rite of passage. We all kick off the year here uh, post New Year's with this. So uh, some certainly some differences. But again, I think we're excited. Uh, three Innovations Awards, eight new products announced here. And, and uh, we're just doing it in a different way, yeah. virtually. So. Yeah, well, I, I would say that it's kind of a Pavlovian feeling at the end of the holidays, um, getting ready to go to <laughs> Vegas. I don't go every year like you do. I've, I'm, I kind of pick and choose the ones I attend. And uh, yeah. it's, uh, I didn't go last year, but I mean, you guys have kind of taken the mantle of the old Monster Cable uh, concert 
um, ritual as well. And uh, I saw on your virtual event uh, that you you tried to kind of bring that into the to the event a little bit. That was that was cool. Yeah, not quite the same as uh, you know if you were there for his concert in person. I'm sure uh, a little bit of a different experience, but it's still very cool and a lot of feedback. People really enjoyed Keith's performance. So. Yeah, yeah. So say again who it is. Like, um, Keith, or, yeah. So sorry, Keith Urban. Yeah, uh, Keith Urban. We had performed this year. So yeah, that, yeah, a yeah, virtual he, performance. He he, he yeah. seemed uh, like a really personable guy. I I I'm not um, necessarily a Keith Urban fan, but I would have enjoyed that concert in person. The best one that I attended was Elton John. That was just amazing to me that uh, you guys pulled that, that one off. Phenomenal show. Yeah. 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 Um, I think uh, Keith's got some new fans based on people that watched this that went in like yourself said. Well, I didn't know him or. I, Maybe wasn't a fan before, but then when they saw the performance, they're like, I like that guy. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And usually, um, thanks, thanks to your PR team, we, we've we had a lot of in-person meetings over the years. And, uh, you know, recently, uh, a year, year and a half ago, I guess, I was in the the, the headquarters there in Northridge with you and, yep. and got a chance to look at some stuff ahead of Cedia, um, which, of course, we didn't have a Cedia this year. We had the virtual event. Um, you yep. did have that pretty pretty cool um virtual um product introduction that i attended a while back and I, i'm losing track of what month that was was that pre-cedia time period or yeah, it was october so the one we oh, did right for mark levinson the the mark levinson veals event which was a basically a virtual uh product launch that we did because uh, again the world's changed and without trade shows as, as launch platforms for it we created our own but yeah it's i know it seems <laughs> maybe longer ago, but it was October uh, yeah. that we did that one. Okay. And yep. then you and I go back even further. Um, this is going to be, this is your life for a bit, but uh, you, you and I, uh, I, I know, I'm pretty sure we first met in your office at Klipsch, um, which is another Probably. great, great audio yep. brand where you got your, um, your feet wet, I guess. And uh, um, I, I can really, I specifically remember walking into your office. I don't know if that's the first time I'd met you, but I do remember it. And then I was having a tour of the facility there, not too far down the street from where I live right now. Um, is that where you got your start in the audio business? Uh, from a manufacturing side, yes. So on a retail side is is really where it began. I, okay. I went to school and, and got a degree in film and television production. And um, when I first started off there, you know, my, I grew up in the Midwest and lived in Indiana most of my life, not far from where you are now. And it was kind of one of those things just like, oh, you got to move to New York or Los Angeles. I, I don't want to do that. I'll stay around. And um, so I worked in the consumer electronics industry right out of the gate um, as a, um, a assistant store manager at Best Buy there in oh. the Indianapolis market and helped to open up uh, when Best Buy first came to town. And so that's really what got me started um, and worked my way up through there, you know, in, in, in that region for uh, Indiana and those first stores there and, you know, grand opening teams and that got me really, you know, fired up. I came into this because audio was always my hobby. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, after school and again, of, of the, the film and television thing kind of diverting from that, it's like, well, I love audio. I'm a musician and uh, it's always been a hobby. And so that's what got me in and then moved into specialty retail uh, with a high-end dealer there in the local market. And we sold a lot of these brands. Uh, so Mark Levinson, we were a proceed dealer, uh, lexicon dealer. So it's interesting that, you know, as I found my way, uh, you know, through Klipsch, I spent a number of years there, uh, which was my first step into, uh, manufacturing. And then, uh, now working on these brands that I used to sell at retail, 
is just, it's been phenomenal. You know, I never would have thought, you know, back then, as much as I loved, you know, the products, we had a high-end room with, you know, a Mark Levinson system and we had uh, teal loudspeakers and some other things like that. And to now be uh, the person responsible for the, the product portfolio of these iconic brands that we have has been uh, a fantastic job. You know, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. It's a tremendous amount of resources we have, the people, highly passionate, a lot of musicians and just music lovers. And it's, uh, it's been great. It's been a wonderful journey. So, yeah, and, and on, on your way out to the, the West coast, you, you, before you, you took a brief stop at CDA headquarters, but then you, you were at Harmon in your first part of your time with them up in Mishawaka, Indiana, correct? At the That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yes, I did spend, you know, just shy of a year with Cedia and with Jeff Gardner and some of the guys there on the education side. So we were doing the designer technician colleges, the boot camps and things like that, which was a, a great thing to do. And um, then, uh, yeah, when I first joined and, you know, and saw the opportunity to work with these brands, they at the time had been based when they had moved from the East Coast, uh, based them in uh, the Mishawaka building there where the Crown Factory was right. at the time. And so we had this little, you know, team of people who were managing the, the luxury brands there out of that facility. So I was still in Indiana, uh, but then not too long after that, a couple of years after I joined, then it was, you know, hey, we're going to give you another opportunity to be responsible for some uh, more of the products and the loudspeakers we did, uh, uh, you know, JBL and Infinity at the time. Uh, do you want to come out to Los Angeles? So all of this, this dates back to, you know, again, with my career of like, I don't want to move to the West Coast or the East Coast. And all right. well, here we are. <laughs> so yeah. now I've been yeah. in Los Angeles for eight years and uh, it's kind of the way it worked. But yeah, we moved basically everything that uh, uh, facility there, uh, the Crown Factory has been moved and all of us uh, that were there, we moved before the facility moved out because that's part of Harm and Professional. And then us with the luxury team, we've we've been based here in Los Angeles for, uh, well, basically since 2013 now, so. So explain to listeners and viewers who don't know what's under the luxury audio flag for, for Harm and what, what brands do you, are you uh, working with? Yeah, so we, we're responsible for pretty much a lot of the flagship products and the premium brands that are here. So luxury audio today, uh, we are responsible for Mark Levinson, uh, Arcam, uh, JBL Synthesis, uh, Revel, Lexicon, and now also all of the uh, JBL consumer loudspeakers, the traditional you know in-wall and ceilings and all the box product. Uh, so we've got really, I'd say it's five and a half brands <laughs> mm -hmm. that we do because with the exception, you know, JBL is shared amongst all the other business units in Harman, but the rest of the brands that we do are exclusive to the luxury audio uh, business unit. So we manage everything that is those brands rather than specific types of products uh, for those brands. Yeah. That's kind of interesting that JBL, which I, I do consider kind of the name that everybody, most people would recognize who aren't really in the consumer electronics industry. Yeah. Um, has become more of your consumer electronics, you know, handle as well as the luxury stuff. And you, of course, still have the pro products as well. So you're you're talking big time speakers that are in commercial facilities and theaters and places like that 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 are under that have other parts of the com company uh, attention there and at that facility as well, right? 
Yeah, it's that's one of the great things about it. You know, it, of course, 2021, we're kicking off the 75th anniversary of the brand. Uh, JBL yeah. today and uh, its current incarnation is probably one of the largest audio brands in the world. Uh, and we're involved in a number of different categories. And I, of course, I think uh, the incredible products that we make now on the you know portable Bluetooth speakers and our headphones, and we've just entered the gaming headphone arena. That stuff's been tremendous for us on the consumer side. Um, as you mentioned, the professional audio side, which is most of those guys are based here in Los Angeles as well too. Um, we're a major player in that part of the industry as well. And I think it's, for me, one of the things that I like with the JBL brand is that we're probably the only brand that is involved in every aspect of music and video from mm -hmm. content creation up front to, you know, playback, whether it's, you know, so you think about if a, if a, something's been recorded, whether it's music or movies, you know, a post-production studio or a recording studio for an album, they're using our, you know, JBL products and technologies there. If you were to go to a live concert event or a sporting arena or a movie theater, you got JBL technologies there. If you're watching it at home and the products that we do and your home theater system there or your hi-fi speakers it's our technology and it's consistent across there you know the transducer technologies the horn technologies and geometries we use it's consistent across there but to be involved in that you know again from content creation to playback in the home um, it's a really wonderful thing to do and and it's such a broad reach with the jbl brand right now I, I, again i don't think there's really any other brand that has that reach into so many different categories yeah, it reminds me on the, of, on the video side, the way Sony tells that story from the camera to the TV, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, the equivalent on the video side, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to just kind of cover what you do um, with the luxury audio brands um, before we take a break. So uh, one last question for you, and then we'll get into the products, because I know that that's a big focus right now is what, what the new stuff is all about. But um, can you explain what... Um, a senior director of product strategy and planning um, kind of does day to day. Are you uh, talking to the engineers uh, when they're coming up with new um, updates on products or ideas for new products uh, in the early stages and then trying to sort of strategize like that? Or how does it really work? Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the things that I love about the job is that I get to be involved in a little bit of everything. Uh, but the core responsibilities of my team, so all of the, the product managers um, that are executing new product introductions and, and basically building the products, uh, that's part of my team. And so um, in my role, I'm responsible for our general roadmap, uh, the direction where we're going, what products are we going to make, uh, why are we making them, you know, so doing that upfront research of defining, you know, white space opportunities, what's out there. What do we need to do? General portfolio management. Um, so, you know, the line charts that we have for each of the brands. And then, uh, so we create those product concepts up front. And of course, then we're working with the engineering team, whether it's, you know, acoustic engineering, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, industrial design, to make sure that the vision that we had for the products initially uh, comes to life. Uh, out at the end. And then we also get to work um, along the way. Of course, you can throw in, you know, supply chain and operations and things that are there and getting it to the market. Um, we have a pretty heavy hand in the marketing side as well and getting the assets and things that are necessary to, to support the products at launch. 
Um, it's our responsibility to educate our sales team uh, internally. So all, you know, the global sales team of, of, of for Harmon Luxury Audio that's going to sell these products to our dealers and distributors, you know, you've got to get them educated about it. So when we, you know, have done these product announcements like you see here, there's been a lot of activity that's already happened up front that, you know, they're educated on it. Uh, the planning is done up front, forecasting, you know, demand order loading so that when products are ready to come, they're there. Everybody knows everything they need to do. Um, we have a training team that's actually uh, um, some of the guys that, that work on our training. That's part of uh, my group as well. So it's a little bit of everything in that respect. But, you know, for me as a creative individual, the, that's what's amazing about it is to be able to take something of you know, a thought that comes up is like, you know, hey, we, we should do this, or what if we did this? And to see that through to, you know, to walk into a store and there's a product there or uh, customers that are posting their systems at home. And really for, you know, that's where you get the satisfaction. It's, I love music. And that's the reason I'm in this industry, you know, and so to have other people enjoy it to the, to the fullest, uh, that is really the joy that I, I get out of it. So well, we'll, uh, we'll continue our conversation with Jim Garrett uh, after a short break. Thanks for listening to Residential Tech Talks. Today's episode is brought to you by Sony. Sony's OLED TVs and Master Series meet the strict criteria of the top engineers and makes beautiful images a reality. Their 4K HDR TVs pair the brilliance of 4K with the brightness, color, and detail of high dynamic range. See how every scene comes to life with extraordinary realism. Discover a new level of immersive cinematic audio at home. With Dolby Atmos and acoustic surface audio, you'll enjoy three-dimensional surround sound that takes your breath away. See everything new from the world of Sony USA, including electronics, the new PlayStation 5, movies, music, and TV shows. Visit www.sony.com com to learn more. Welcome back. I'm talking with Harmon Luxury Audio's Jim Garrett. Jim, uh, you were starting to talk about the products and, uh, and and everything that you're involved in there. And we just got uh, finished with the Harmon Explore virtual event where several product introductions from the Luxury Audio um, unit there uh, were, were unveiled. And um, so I, I kind of just wanted to, to walk through some of those with you, uh, maybe starting with a bit of nostalgia and celebration of the seven, 75th anniversary of JBL. Um, and, and if you could kind of talk about what, what was introduced there from a speaker and, and uh, amplifier standpoint, uh, integrated amplifier, that would be really cool. I'd like, love to know the thought process on those two products. Yeah, that's uh, with the 75th anniversary for JBL. That's obviously a major milestone sure. uh, for any type of business. But for us, when we kind of went back and looked at this and said, well, if we're going to do a, you know, a celebration of the brand throughout the year, you know, what do we want to do that's something special? And for us, uh, to use the L100, probably one of the most iconic, you know, best-selling JBL, you know, traditional home loudspeakers, uh, ever and you know certainly something that put JBL on the map big time for products. We said that we've had this successful reintroduction, you know, at the fall of 2018 with the L100 Classic. 
let's make a special commemorative edition version of that and use that as something special to kick off the anniversary. So that's what we've announced here as part of the CES Explore, Harmon Explorer event that we just did. And it's basically going to be a limited production version of the L100 Classic. So uh, the focus on this is on a unique finish. That's the very first thing that people notice is, is this beautiful teak wood veneer uh, that's uh, wrapped around it. A normal L100 is a walnut cabinet with a black uh, front baffle and a black uh, back panel. This is now teak uh, wood veneer on all sides of the cabinet. Um, so we've made a couple of changes uh, to the woofer suspensions, some minor improvements there. We changed the back to a bywire input cup, nicer posts, and the ability to, you know, bywire by amplify the product. Um, there's special uh, commemorative badging on it. So not only on the front uh, and the, uh, the gold logo that's on the black Quadrex grill, but on the back, you get a commemorative plaque that says, it's, well, first of all, it's got the signature of Chris Hagen, who is the principal system engineer that did the product. Um, and then it'll say, you know, pair out of 750, this is pair number, you know, one or whatever you have. So you've got that uh, certificate of authenticity. Uh, the products also come shipped in a wooden crate uh, with a pair of the, the JS120 floor stands. So you get everything that's there uh, kind of all wrapped together in a package. And again, only 750 pair of these that will be built uh, and uh, we're pretty much uh, going to be sold out of them by the time they hit the warehouse. So uh, I think it, you know, the demand and, and the feedback on it has been incredibly high and it's uh, um, I think something special when you look at how many people that are out there that collect vintage JBL loudspeakers and a lot of these special models out there, uh, there's going to be a, a pretty big demand for it. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's, can you um, kind of clue me in on that? Because uh, I'm curious as if, you know, there's obviously the whole vinyl um, resurgence and it, and a lot of it is, is like a millennial thing, you know, and also a nostalgia for just the, that sound from folks that knew it from before. Is that kind of the combination mm -hmm. of this or or is it really just old fans of JBL like from way back that want to re reclaim this, this style from the 70s that they maybe got rid of when they were younger or they it doesn't, you know, hold up over, you know, because they didn't take care of it or something. You know, what, what do you think as far as like, like what, um, yeah, because I, I would never want to imply that your products don't hold up from the 70s because that's probably not the case. But what, what do you think the, the, the fan base is for, for this, uh, the retro stuff? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of these historic JBL models, the, the market value on them is still very, very high. And if yeah. you look at, you know, how what's the going you know, price for a pair of 100s from the 70s, there's still a lot of money uh, for them. So they, they've held their value very, very well. Um, there, it's a combination of things. When we set out to do that, the L100 Classic, which is now, you know, the commemorative L100 uh, Classic 75 limited edition, the whole appeal of this was use the retro design. It's one of the most recognizable loudspeakers ever. Uh, and so we wanted to use that appeal. There were so many people when we first brought that back out, you know, the people that came up and said, oh my gosh, you know, I had these back in the day. I wish I'd never gotten rid of them. Or, okay. you know, my dad had them. In the case of, you know, younger customers, they grew up with them, but it was their parents that had them. Uh, so there was certainly that appeal. Um, but the, we wanted to take that appeal and combine it with very, you know, modern you know, audiophile type performance on the acoustic side of it. Um, and so for us, you know, there are a lot of things that put into the product that we didn't, that 
we didn't have those technologies or weren't in that product originally sure. there. So we've got a product that looks mm. old, but is, you know, an amazing sounding product. It sounds, you know, as good as any other type of audiophile, you know, loudspeaker would be in that price range. And it gave us the both the great sound, the, the vintage appeal, the retro look. Uh, and that kind of, that worked so well for us. Um, and of course, now that spawned the LB2, which is the smaller, you know, eight inch two-way version of it. Uh, that's done extremely well for us. And again, looking at some of these vintage things, and as I travel around the world and you go into some of these hi-fi shops and whatnot, there is a love, uh, and it's a bit of a niche market for sure, but some of the electronics that JBL did in the 60s and 70s are very sought after still um, and you know hard to find, but we have a collection of vintage product in the office and we kept coming back to this integrated amp, the SA600 mm. uh, that was, uh, I think it was late 60s, it was originally launched and it became a SA600. 60 as it moved into the to the 70s and became more black than silver right okay but, sure uh, as the times changed but but we said here's another opportunity to do the same thing and and we looked at this as an opportunity where there really wasn't anything like it in the market but let's take again and that retro appearance of, of the amplifier but put in completely modern electronics and mm. when you think about you know, obviously it was a very different world of of source units in the uh, 60s and 70s of you know, uh, vinyl or reel-to-reel -reel tape machines and whatnot. But yeah. um, today with the SA750, now we've got a product that's in a vintage cabinet. It's got the teak wood side panels, the same uh, veneer that we're using on the limited edition L100. Uh, you've got this beautiful silver brushed aluminum front panel, the knurled machine knobs and the levers and switches on the front. It looks very retro, a minimal display on the front, which of course didn't exist in the 60s. But then when you look inside it, Clash G amplification, which, you know, uh, that's a technology platform that we use uh, exclusive, well, not exclusively, extensively mm -hmm. in Arcam products. Um, and so it's the benefits of a class A performance with efficiencies of, you know, a much more, uh, you know, like an AB or even a D in terms of the power and, and capability you get. So let's use that as the heart. So an amazing amplifier platform. And then we put in, you know, a high-res DAC. We've got our streaming capabilities. So our platform that we use there that is capable of Apple AirPlay 2 and Google Chromecast. And you've got the uh, MQA decoding through the high-res DAC. And you've got Rune endpoint capability. We took it even further to put, uh, you know, Dirac Live room calibration in it. You've got phono input, you've got headphone capability, and a world of uh, analog connectivity if you still need it is there. So really to make an ultra modern integrated amplifier in terms of the, the, the sound quality, the features uh, and the capabilities with it, have it packaged in that retro design. And uh, certainly, you know, when we announced that one uh, yesterday, the, there was we had shown it privately to a few people um, prior to the the global announce yesterday, and they were like, "That's something special." But I, I can tell you the, the buzz we've generated with that yesterday. Uh, that's going to be a really really cool piece because it's just again, it kind of feeds both sides of it. It gives you everything you want. It's amazing sound quality, all the features you want, but it's got this cool retro look that there's really nothing else uh, like it on the market. 
Uh, and of course, uh, we would recommend that it is the perfect pairing for a pair of the uh, L100s or the L82s and some of our JBL loudspeakers if you want to put together a really cool uh, looking system but has all this modern sound in it, that's a, a great pairing to do as well. And is that as limited as the speakers are or are there more opportunities for people to buy those? Uh, integrated amplifier. No, no, we've we've not limited that one to a specific number uh, of units in it. And, you know, out of the gate, uh, so these first production units absolutely for certain have the same teakwood side mirror panels that we have on the loudspeakers, uh, but we've not limited that. So it may, you know, we could run it for a year and then maybe change that to a different look on the woods, but uh, we could also run it a little bit further. I see where the market demand goes for it, but Right. Um, again, while it is kind of an anniversary piece, it's not a, a specifically limited production like the loudspeakers are. Yeah, yeah. And and so not not to make it sound like all you're doing is retro, you you also uh, introduced <laughs> some new synthesis, JBL Synthesis products, which is your top of the line home theater brand that just blows people away <laughs> with its its uh, its output and and quality and. Uh, so, so kind of go over what what has changed there. What you, you had a um, a dealer um, advisory panel, it looks like, that helped to kind of drive some of the ideas here on some of the new stuff. Yeah, we so we set about um, it's been a couple of years now, but looking at JBL Synthesis, which for those that aren't familiar with the brand, it's really a, a turnkey cinema solution. So it's products that were designed and engineered up front to work together as a system. Um, and it's also custom calibrated to the room using the Harman target curve for response. So we're involved in every aspect, you know, being specified the systems up front. And again, products and, and systems that are recommended of the products that will work together are designed to work together. And but then even once it's installed is to go in and do that custom calibration to get the performance we want. So that's, uh, you know, been a, a great brand for us. And when we went back and looked at how to update it, uh, a couple of years ago, we introduced our first uh, synthesis custom loudspeakers, which the SCL3 and 4 were the first ones. We expanded it to the SCL2, but it was to take some of our uh, transducer technology and create in-wall compression driver loudspeakers to really elevate the performance of what you could do in a loudspeaker. And it was another thing where we kind of looked at the market and there just wasn't anything like it out there. So the typical compromises of shoving a speaker in the wall, uh, both in terms of the, the quality of cabinet that a wall is for a loudspeaker, as well as deployment options and things like that, we were able to overcome a lot of that with the, the uh, loudspeaker technologies. So as we were looking to, to kind of take that to the next level, and, and you know from uh, Cedia 2019, now when we introduced new electronics for the brand, our new 16-channel processor, our first uh, AVR, also a 16-channel product, we, we were putting together this product council, basically, of some of our top dealers and distributors uh, around the world and said, let's use these guys up front because they're they're the ones that are doing these installations let's have a conversation about what product opportunities are there what are the things that we're not delivering today that would be helpful to them um, we were able to bounce a lot of ideas off of them very early on in the process uh, to make sure that we were on track uh, and I could tell you know that there were a number of things that came out of those conversations when, you, when you've got you know tremendously educated dealers and, and distributors there and the guys that are doing these installations to be able to have that conversation that early with them was very helpful uh, and allowed us to come up with some unique features and we we made changes to some of the things that you know as we had it defined early up front 
to, to modify those plans based on those conversations we had with the customers. And now what you're seeing here is uh, some of the first products that have come out of that involvement with the dealer council there. And that is the, yeah, the six yeah, products yeah. that were announced yesterday. So. Okay. Yeah. Walk us through that, those then if you can, you don't have to go into the great detail, but just uh, what, 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 how do those enhance what was happening already with it's, this, this, this product? Line? Yeah, it's, it's twofold. I think one of the things when we looked at, you know, everybody, when you put somebody in front of a synthesis system and do a demo, it's kind of a done deal for the most part because they're just blown away. Yeah. Uh, and a reputation is there, you know, and every year you see it at Cedia, the line for our demo theater, everybody loves it. Um, but certainly there's the perception out there of the cost of the systems that they're very expensive. And I, you know, I love it, but I can't afford it kind of thing. So the first half of, of what was announced yesterday uh, four new in-wall and ceiling speakers that are really designed to be um, complementary to the electronics that we did, the first day VR and the new 16-channel uh, processor that were there, uh, but bring these technologies uh, down to a much lower price point. And we've, we've still maintained our patented compression drivers, our high-definition uh, imaging, horn geometry is there, and some very unique uh, features uh, that are with it. I've got actually, uh, this is you know, one of the compression drivers we use in this one inch annular ring compression driver that's found in, in uh, three of the four of these new models. Uh, and then a larger version of it that's in the fourth one. And so this has really allowed us when you stop and think about what you can put together for a system, we can do a system now based on the AVR uh, at a much, much uh, lower price point than we've traditionally been able to do. And you think about how many uh, integrators out there are doing systems and you know these big dedicated rooms for every one of those, they might do 10 of lower price systems that are lower channel counts or multi-purpose rooms and things like that. So it really allows us to open up uh, to a much broader audience in that case with synthesis from a cost standpoint, from a form factor standpoint, um, it's given us uh, some really cool new technologies in terms of the unsealing and, and one of the uh, in walls with off axis uh, capabilities. These new unsealings, uh, the SCL8, which is the smaller one, is a winner of a CES Innovations Award this year. And that was a speaker that was designed to have consistent coverage from on axis to as far out as about 60 degrees off axis without any apparent roll off in its performance, which was an amazing thing that the guys accomplished uh, and it uh, attributes uh, to the unique look of the product there. So those are things that happened on that, uh, those four on the low end. The other two are on the high end, which is taking it in the other direction of looking for people that are looking for ultimate performance in a, uh, a private screening room or a cinema application at home. And those are really massive scale. It's you can't tell from looking at the uh, the images that are out there on it how big those products really are, but the capabilities as well. Uh, so when you talk about rooms that are you know 20 seat, 30 seat, uh, even some that have balconies in them, you know the types of systems you can get is pretty crazy in residential. So to be able to do that on the high end. Uh, ultimate performance systems. That's what the the flagship SCL1 and SSW1 uh, gave us there. So uh, kind of two new product categories that flank uh, the existing uh, SCL2, 3, and 4 that we had right there in the middle. So, so um, bear with me while I ask kind of a dumb question, which is how do you get product price down on a product that is a premium to begin with, which is synthesis? Um, you, you're talking about just 
the dispersion, the the coverage, is that fewer pro fewer speakers needed in a system to accomplish the same thing with that price point, or uh, is it something something to do with materials, or how does that work in terms of making it more affordable? Yeah, so there's the physical format, uh, the the actual size of it, right? So the new products that we have, the SCL eight. Uh, the SCL six and seven, all of those are based around five and a quarter inch woofers and this compression driver here that we talked about. Uh, so that's one thing, but we didn't, you know, from a capability, from the design standpoint, this is actually, I have this one here at home from another conversation, but this is a six and a half inch version, but it's basically the same as, as this, we shrink this to a five and a quarter. So you're talking a cast frame and a big ferrite motor structure and our advanced aluminum matrix cone and all the things that go into the voice coil, the motor structure design, that and a five and a quarter inch version is what we used in these products. So they're very, very high performance transducers. But when you compare it to like the SCL three and four, some of the larger ones, yeah, those yeah. have um, enclosures on the back of them. So they come with a wooden enclosure. Right. These do not. These are okay. more traditional in-wall and ceiling, you know, open back, infinite baffle type products. Uh, we did create a new mounting mechanism for them. This uh, cat claw mounting mechanism that allows mm -hmm. them to just click right into the wall uh, to make it easier for integrators and installers. Um, but, you know, when you look at that, um, that's one of the ways that we were able to get the cost down on them. Now it's relative, right? Because we're at a thousand dollars a piece uh, for the SCL eight, the SCL seven, $1,500 a piece for the SCL six, $2,000 a piece for the SCL five. But those price points are significantly lower than the, the three and four, which are 3000 a piece or the, the SCL two, which is 6,000 a piece. So when you take that then and multiply it times seven, or times 11 or whatever, you know, whatever the channel count is in the system. Now you're talking about savings of thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to put a system together. Yeah. Uh, but we're still going to give you that same performance. The ability uh, is greater now with eight loudspeakers in the range and four subwoofers that you can mix and match the whatever you want. And while this is the small version, when you scale this driver up to, you know, a bigger motor structure for this, and then go to a, a dual one and a half inch version, and then a dual three inch version, you're getting the same technology. And it's also, um, again, this is from one of the HDI bookshelf speakers, but that same HDI horn geometry is found in all of these speakers all across the range. So it, it is uh, really uh, allowed us to open up to a much greater system capability with the brand than we had before but consistent in terms of, you know, sound quality. It's, so now it's, it's kind of really a matter, you know, you're going to get the same level of performance out of a synthesis system. It's just, you know, how big was the room and how loud did you want it to play? <laughs> That's yeah. kind of where you start to scale. So is it synthesis the only one that you really do the horn and compression driver combination um, in, your, in your loudspeaker lines? Uh, no, all the, um, from a JBL loudspeaker standpoint as well, uh, it's the same technology that's used there. Um, as I mentioned, these examples that I just showed you actually come out of the HDI series of JBL loudspeakers, which was introduced, you know, last year. But that's uh, unique to JBL, I guess, is the better question. It is, it is unique to JBL and JBL synthesis. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously with our Rebel brand, we use, a, you know, a different approach there. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities, of course, because it's the same science and research that backs it all. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, all the Rebel products use an acoustic lens uh, with a waveguide, mm -hmm. which gives a lot of the same advantages. I, I think a lot of people probably don't realize how similar uh, the HF section in a Rebel product is to a JBL. 
Mm. Uh, but it's just a different approach, right? Now, our science doesn't change. You know, every, everything that we do is based on decades of of research um, from you know Harmon's leading scientists, you know Floyd Toole and Sean Olive and Todd Welty and uh, you know all these people that everybody knows in the industry. So we adhere to that, but uh, you know the the resources that we have give us uh, the ability to use a different approach to achieve a similar result. So yeah, it's always been impressive to me to watch um, a company like Harmon take a product that now is like in the 75 year range, you know, in terms of technology, but then it evolves over time. And how do you keep improving something that you seem, seems like there's a finite ability to improve the way something sounds, but you keep finding new ways with material science, with um, different shapes and sizes of things and uh, capabilities that, that make it a, a better product and introduce new things. So that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think some of those major breakthroughs here in the last few years, that these products that were announced yesterday feature a lot of that. <laughs> the, this compression driver technology, there's a number of patents around this. This is, you know, these drivers were designed right here in Northridge in our, in our facility, but this, uh, the advantages of this design really were a fairly major leap in terms of performance. Traditional compression drivers on the pro side haven't really changed for, mm. you know, 80 years. Uh, so to do something different in that respect and be able to create a product that had significant advantages over those traditional designs, that was huge. Same thing with, with the horn geometry. You know, what was done, the, the unique geometry, it's kind of hard to see here, but I refer to these technically as the, the pinchy points <laughs> that are down in here. But to address uh, throat resonances and things that are here, you know, this, the science that goes into horn design, the math that's in a horn like this of, you know, is massively advanced, but the guys are constantly searching for ways to improve these designs. And this, the HDI uh, geometry here is, is the latest there uh, in that technology to really improve the horn. And so we start to add these things up, a better compression driver with better horn geometry and the advances we have in, in the motor structures and the design that the guys do here with material analysis on the cones and, everything um, allows you to have these improvements in performance. It's well, great to have, you know, the type of resources to, that we're able to work with at Harman are kind of second to none. And then when you put us under the corporate umbrella with uh, Samsung as well too, uh, that is a very pleasurable thing to have these types of uh, resources available as a product guy. So. No doubt. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. Well, Jim Garrett, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Harmon Luxury Audio. Um, happy anniversary to JBL, and I hope you have a great 2021. Thanks so much, Jeremy. I appreciate the time. Happy New Year. Have a great 2021. Also, thanks to everybody for joining us. Be sure to comment, share, or subscribe to the podcast. And you can check out all the latest residential tech news at restechtoday.com. Until next time, please stay safe. Stay inspired and let us know if you have a great story to tell.